Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And hoo-hoo! Uh, they, they left us with a banger. Well, yeah, I have some comments to make about the banger, but... I, yes, I have some comments. This no, this is, a, this is a damn fine cliffhanger. Manipulative, manipulative. Manipulative is all hell, but uh, banger of an ending. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get there. <laughs> yes, we'll get there before I make my... But I'm pissed off because... <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, I'm, I I've, I've, got, got, I've got I some too. I could have rewritten it so that it was a better banger. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to talk about it as we go. But first yeah. off, I uh, just want to say that because we're both so busy, there's not going to be a Sunday show this week. Uh, but a ton has happened in the world. So just wanted to give a quick shout out. Uh, in case you're wondering, yeah, you're not wrong. Everything in the world has gone crazy. Uh, you know, Elon Musk is in some kind of a frenzy to destroy <laughs> Twitter. And he's attacking journalists for reporting on his travel and saying, like, assassins are chasing him down. He's in the middle of, like, a paranoid collapse. Donald yeah. Trump released NFTs a year after that was a thing. And... A month after all cryptocurrencies crashed, like <laughs> uh, the Elon Musk thing is so hilarious. So much for free speech, right? I know, right? I just love that his example for free speech uh, was: <laughs> I'm so committed to free speech that I even leave up the the yeah, the account that tracks my plane, despite the fact that that is a security risk for me. And not only has he banned that account, but he has backed the account of every single person who talks about that account. And I love the, I mean, I, I say and love. Even, I, even, please. even journalists, even journalists who have never talked about, about that. the account, but who are reporting on the fact that he's doing this. Oh, it's just in a cycle. It's like now anyone who talks about me is trying to kill me and must be banned from Twitter. Like, buddy. <laughs> it's, it's, no, I mean, it's, wow. it, it, it is. Go back to pot, is, dude. Look, we're laughing about it, yeah. but I mean, clearly he is having a breakdown, a yes. bipolar break. Well, I don't know if it's bipolar. It could be literally just drug addiction. Like, Apparently, yeah, by all true. accounts, he does a lot of recreational drugs. This could be an okay. addict spinning out. Okay, this could be a cocaine. Yeah, this could be a cocaine right. binge. It could be, well, no. And I mean, uh, he takes, he can only sleep on Ambien. So that oh, has shit. effect. Yeah, that has effects on people's minds. So there's, there's a number of things that can be causing this. I don't think he's bipolar. He's obviously a narcissist, but I don't think he's actually bipolar. I don't think he has these. I don't you know, know him. So. powerful rush. I'm just saying based on what we've seen. But yeah, it's it's crazy right now. He's in the... Yes, I know. Everything but is, is he is collapsing right now. And I mean, it is, I guess, in many ways, irrelevant what is causing his collapse, but we are That's... watching a man collapsing. Uh -huh. In on himself. I, uh, Twitter I, I... is down 60% of its stock value in the past like month and a half. Imagine, well, I, I, you know, I still haven't closed down my Twitter account, but yeah, I don't sorry, go Tesla. on. Tesla is down. Like, and what you got to remember is, quote unquote, richest man in the world. All of his wealth comes from the fact that he has a lot of Tesla stock. 
Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you look at the six months ago to today, Elon Musk has 60% less money than he has had six months ago. And a huge amount of that dip is just in the last month because of, well, when your entire value Better. is based, well, not when your entire value is based on the myth that you're some kind of visionary futurist and every day you get, you wake up and you humiliate yourself on Twitter the visionary futurist stuff is going to seem less convincing. And suddenly why are people investing in your company? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad to watch people, but then again, as you would say, it couldn't happen to a more deserving person. I mean, mean, a terrible human being, you know, and he has, he has been. And um, so it's, it's like, yeah, we're watching it. We're yeah. watching the collapse. So I don't know. And there's no one to intervene. His wife has left him. Oh, yeah. Both I'm of sure his wives. Like it, well, he had one wife who left him ages ago. His latest wife left him, which is kind and of... that was Grimes. Uh, yeah, that was Grimes. Exactly. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm going, that was Grimes. Mm, she was very oh, accepting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, some would say to a fault. Uh, <laughs> but the thing that's so crazy about that situation is like... I. And then he did this thing uh, where he knew he got called for a uh, he got called for a a comment on an article because an article was going to come about him sexually harassing a masseuse. Right. And so Uh he got called for comment and he knew that because I have, you know, 12 hours between me being called for comment and this thing getting published, I have time to make one move. And that one move is turning super right, publicly right wing. Because if you're right wing, then you can just say everything bad everyone says about me is, uh, is just the media, the woke media trying to attack me. And more importantly, uh, while left wing people tend to actually expect you to not be a terrible person, right wing people don't believe there's such a thing as ethics and don't matter uh don't don't, well no they literally don't care how awful a person you are as long as you tell them you hate the same people they hate so Uh, let's let's get to this i just i think it's fascinating uh the this watching this man collapse in real time has been a fascinating experience and well let me put it this way if it gets even worse yeah we may end up doing a sunday show we might do a sunday about it you're right but not right not 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 over the next couple of weeks (laughs) no we're way too busy Way too busy. It's Christmas. It's called On the Road. Yeah. All right. I'll be on the road again. (laughs) Damn right you will. All right. Let's get into it. The episode starts with a murder. A assistant delivers a woman to a rich man's house. The rich man obviously has a famous mother because the woman mentions her and we see a portrait of her hanging over the fireplace. Then the woman makes the mistake of drinking wine in this killer's house. And, uh, yeah, is, is waking up ready to be murdered. Yep. And the guy has, uh, monster teeth that he has made for himself. And I'm just going to say it. Uh, I guess they're watching Hannibal and I love <laughs> that they're watching Hannibal because Hannibal's the best thing. And if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Earlier yep. this season, they literally just used dialogue from Manhunter, and yep. now they're doing a guy who builds prosthetic teeth to tear people apart with his teeth. They love Hannibal, and they couldn't have they couldn't have a better influence on them. 
Yeah, no, I think uh, it's everything about this episode is, as I said, things are getting better. And they are. You know, it's just, it's just, um, sometimes I think it's a little strange for us. Yeah. That it is actually doing so well. Uh, Honestly, but yeah. yes. Yeah, so yes. On a certain level, you're like, well, what are we here for if they're good at their jobs? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we're still. We're no, still I, I'm not saying we don't have value, but that's what you feel. I think. I think. Yeah. I think that's part yeah. of it. To some extent. Look, I love the fact that they played Edda James at the beginning. I'm going. Oh, I really? Oh, at last. Wow. Yep. yep. Oh, such a perfect so choice. I, yeah, such a perfect choice, and one of my. You know, one of my favorite blues singers, so. Yep. And uh, as I said in my little write-up, which y'all will be able to read sometime this weekend, uh, a song that in my head is inextricably linked to the show Andy Richter Controls the Universe because of its repeated use there, uh, which, by the way, not on the DVDs because all of the licensed music was cut for the DVDs. So you had to see what it originally aired. Because that's always the case. Yeah. Um, which, of course, who was the co-star of Andy Richter Controls the Universe? Paget Brewster, second lead on that show. So I'm just, you know, happy to make that connection, even yes. though I'm sure it wasn't intended. Well, yeah, but it, it it's it's funny, eh? The, the little things like that that are coming up. Oh, yeah. That, that just make it. That much more satisfying. Oh, much, yeah, that much more satisfying yeah. each episode. Yeah. There are little things in each episode, no matter what we say, that make this so much better, well, so much... I, I get, I get, I, I, I just smile when I'm watching it. Well, I mean, I'm sure they had a tough time with production, right? <laughs> oh, because yeah. they're trying to make a show during COVID, like the during all sorts of outbreaks, and they had that big outbreak in LA. Like, I totally get it, right? But while they're up against this, in a way, I'm not saying COVID. The last thing I'm going to say is that COVID was good for them. Absolutely not. But what I will say is. Having this long lead time and only doing 10 episodes, right, puts them in a position where they can actually think things through and put in the extra care, like getting the right songs, right? And making sure you have the right co-stars and like paying Josh Stewart to be on the show every friggin' week. Uh, Finally. Four out of the five episodes Josh Stewart's in, I think? Or is he in all five? Might have been in all five. I'd have to check if he's in episode three. I was just going to say... He might not have been in episode three, is the point. Or episode two. But we we can check that. No, three. I think it would be three where they were... Whichever one was... Never mind. Anyway, but that's not important. matter. What's important is Josh Stewart's getting a lot of work. Uh, But anyway, the point I'm getting at is, right? A perfect example of that is, like, when you go back and you look at it, I always remember one of my favorite things um, when I was watching an interview and Joe Montaigne was talking about directing episodes of the show, right? Just made a comment in passing about what it's like directing the show. And now it's like, you go in and, you know, you shoot for, and you got it. you go in and like, you shoot for nine days and you basically don't know what you're doing because you're always in a, a, such a hurry to get all your shots. And he's like, one guy took, uh, you know, 10 days to shoot once and he never came back was the guy, was his joke, right? <laughs> Because he and he's essentially referring to the show that he felt like it was a sausage factory, yeah. Like, because you have to have a new episode shot every ten days, and that's the only thing that's ever on your mind. But here now, it really does feel like 
maybe they can take a breath. Maybe they can actually think stuff through. I mean, they they still have stuff they're forgetting and they still have stuff they're missing. But it really does feel like they're putting, they have the time and the resources to put the care into the show that it's deserved. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, very, very happy with the opening of this episode. Because then we cut over to Will and JJ, who are at the hospital, who are confirming that he does not have lung cancer. Whew. But there was a bit of a problem in the plot last week because, wait, 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 you're telling me you signed some paperwork uh, about uh, getting life insurance and then you went to do blood tests and you found out you might have cancer that same night? Uh, that timeline makes no sense. But this week they fixed that by uh, Will being like, actually, I felt a little off last month and I went to get blood tests then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but but the key, yeah, the key in all of this is that the doctor says, yeah. well, yes, he's. But the thing that I don't like about it is that they're worse than the last time. Yeah. He's got massively and JJ elevated. Is going to say, last time, I'm on. Yeah, let me finish. Yeah. I'm you saying know, what she said. Yes, that's exactly. She's going last time, yeah. and of course, then. Then Will rushes her out. Yeah, yes, because and immediately confesses. But I just love that here they are. I mean, maybe this was always intended, or maybe they're backfilling to fix a problem with last week's episode. Either way, they're putting in the work. Yep. And I really respect that. Uh, but yeah, like, cause there, cause that didn't make sense. And he promises 100% that he is going to, uh, that he is going to obviously tell her and she threatens him with bringing his mother in <laughs> if he doesn't keep her informed which i yeah. thought was very nice that was well will we ever get to meet jay will's mother <laughs> i know right very in exciting sometime in the future no we might you uh, never know no a louisiana <laughs> anyway. yeah it could be fun. It could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a nice little scene. Very nice little scene there. And then we go right to the... Um, right, the. I was going to say the body has been found, but the body hasn't been found yet. Has it? No, they've got two previous victims. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, Garcia's going to have to work with Green to find out more. But here's the key part. Bailey, the assistant director... Wants in on the case. He's going to oversee the case. Yeah. Well, they have found. No, they have already found Claire. Yes. Uh, yeah, two young women. Yeah. Yes. So they found two at this point dead. Yep. Two and young um, women, and neither of them are the rows we saw at the, uh, saw at the beginning. And Claire, whatever her last name is, is one of them. Yes. And, and then he important. has to he has to confess to Prentice because Prentice pulls him out. <laughs> yeah, and that's a nice bit of her just like noticing his facial reactions to the pictures. Yes, it's completely believable, and I just love the joke that it's like, "How did you think we wouldn't know? It's a room full of profilers, <laughs> and you're like your your face was twitching all over the place. You can't uh, be here. Yeah, but... and then she basically. It, it's it's a question of quasi blackmail because he doesn't want anyone to know he's been on this elite yeah dating um, app 
dating app for people in the politics, Washington in politics, yeah. discreet, whatever mm -hmm. it's called. Yeah, whatever elite. they called it. Yeah, something elite, right? Yeah. And um, Beltway elite or whatever. Yes, that was it. Beltway elite. Yeah. And um, but he doesn't want anyone to know because perception is everything in Washington. And if everybody knows that he's been on this app and yeah. dating people on this app, it's just going to his reputation will be destroyed. Yeah. See, here's the problem. I didn't believe that at all. <laughs> like that is completely like if he was married and on the app, I ex expect, uh, you know, yes, that I would totally be understand it. But he's a single 36 year old man. No one was going to care if you're on this app. Like no one on earth is going to care if you're on a yes, dating app but, as a single 36 year old man. Yes, but he is very uptight. Yeah, and he's very self conscious. It's true. And so he he might he might care about afraid. people knowing his business. Now, honestly, all you had to do right is not have him be worried about the fact that he was on the app, and just have him say, "I can't have anyone." associating me with a murder victim. I can't ever have my name mentioned in association with a murder victim because the sta right. scandal could my thing. Like if he wasn't yeah. saying, I can't have people know I'm on the app. that That's dumb. If he said, I can't, you have to keep secret that I was dating this woman or that I briefly dated this woman or whatever. Right. Yes. That makes perfect sense. And I don't know why they didn't just say that because because like, nobody thought of it. Daniel. Yeah, no one thought of it. You're right. No, you're right. no one, no, no one thought of thought that one through. And it's such a little thing. It's that, a little detail, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that would be. Yeah, that's a much more believable. Thing. It's a much more believable reason for him to be so nervous about the news getting out. Yes, and that's basically that is the news that would cause some severe problems. Yeah, like, look what happened to Joe Scarborough. He wasn't even in Florida when that lady died in his office in Florida. And you've got, to this day, people saying, did Joe Scarborough murder that lady? Yeah. Like, he wasn't even in the state. But, yeah. Or, I don't remember who was that woman who was murdered while she was jogging and she worked for another congressman. Like, that stuff will destroy a political career. A death you're associated with? Absolutely. And uh, I think that that if if someone had sort of thought that through, mm -hmm. um, they would have remembered. They would have hit it that. Yeah, they would yeah, have remembered they these. That, but... Yeah, these real life cases that it could be considered to be similar to. What's that? Never mind. I'm not going down that road. No, I'm not <laughs> going to go down the distraction road. I will find out later. Okay, okay. good. Yeah, you want to go and start googling cases like this? No, no, I know exactly. Sort of vaguely what her name was but okay. it was she was the mistress of this congress person yeah. and then she the congressman and then she ended up um being killed when she was jogging yeah yeah that's the one i mentioned i just don't remember the yes. names of anyone involved yeah it doesn't matter who yeah. cares but it's the kind of case but it's the kind of case that like you can honestly say i mean i'm not saying you should have the character say this but it's like i don't think anyone in politics wants to be involved in the kind of case that, you know, Law and Order SVU does a story about, you know, and that's exactly, that's exactly what yes. would have happened to him here. Yes, because, and it it's the attachment 
Mm-hmm. It's the attachment to that that would yeah. be the problem. But exactly. okay, let's let's move on because. But the point is, she blackmails him, and she's able to get his promise that she will he will keep his hands off the BAU if they keep his name out of this. Can we believe him? Of course not. He's a politician, but he she has gotten the promise. Yeah, and um, what's <laughs> the only thing is we should talk about the title because. That that did at least one clue away. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oedipus Rex. Waka waka. Waka waka, yeah. I know, right? Uh so yeah. we I all know say... what he's making these women look like. Oh and... right. well no, but I mean, I mean you don't um you don't need to be told because like literally the, the show is not subtle. They show you a painting of the mother in the first scene of the episode. Yeah. Like, they're not hiding it at all. No. And I really respect well, it. Yeah, it's hidden for a little while until we find out that their hair had all been peroxided. Yeah, we don't really find that out until... Well, it's actually like the next scene when they're looking at uh, dead bo- uh, the pictures of the dead bodies. I think it's the next scene. Uh, yeah, it is the next scene. They're looking at the... Uh, the pictures of the dead bodies and talking about the bite marks and how vicious they are. And it must be dental appliances. And I looked at the pictures of the bitten dead bodies. I'm like, those bites don't actually look that vicious. Like until later. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Talk we'll about talk that. about that. Oh my God. <laughs> but it's like, they. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so now we get a fun scene with green having to work with Garcia and I was really skeptical about the two of them last week because it's just, I didn't know what was going on with him and she was being too awful. But it's like, they are great together this week. Yes. And you do understand why she is so awful. I mean, she, this, this, this week's episode shows you just how traumatizing all Mm -hmm. of this still is. And she's trying to hold herself together and she doesn't want to do it. It's this, no, 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 no. I don't want to do this. I don't want to work with him. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to be here doing this. But here's the thing that amazed me about this scene, right? That amazed me about this scene, which is the thing that like, we often talk about the cartoonish infallibility of the characters on this show, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh... (laughs) <laughs> and so we get introduced to this, uh, the guy saying, okay, well, I'll help you do the thing. And of uh, I'll help you. I've agreed to help you do it because I don't want to go to jail forever. And Joe says he'll get out with time served if he helps them catch Sicarius, right? Yeah. Uh, and again, I still don't know what they've charged him with, but let's just move on. Uh, he, <laughs> I still believe he hasn't committed any crimes other than getting tackled by FBI agents in a park. But anyway, let's move on. But there's this great moment where uh, in a normal episode, they would let Garcia just be a dick to him and be completely justified in being a dick to him because he starts to tell her how to get into the system. And she's like, oh, golly, because a little woman couldn't possibly know how to get into the system, right? And like mocking him because she's the best at everything. And then immediately she gets locked out of the system because she didn't know how to get into the system. And the show never would have done that. No, not in the first 15 years. They never would have criticized Garcia's abilities. They never would have said she could be arrogant and she could assume she knows more than she does. That's not something you would ever see from this show. 
Okay. And the, and the, the beauty of that is that that enhances just how brilliant Sicarius yeah. is. Oh, yeah. And, right. It enhances and the, the, yeah. the ability of the serial killer they're up against, yep. which is good. Oh, you because need to do how that. Many times, how many times have we complained about some? <laughs> that it was way too easy to catch this guy. Yeah. You know, and whereas this time it's not. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see this twice in this episode. I know. And then oh, it's on. so much fun. And it is it is good, but he doesn't I, I think she handles it well. She hits him when he puts his feet up on the table. She tells him to keep quiet and not talk unless there is something. <laughs> unless she needs if she needs something from him, she will ask for it and then he is allowed to speak. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a fun scene. It really is. Yeah, no, it it I I loved I think I really loved all of this stuff this week. No, it's it's such a good scene. And again, like they're getting the character stuff so good. Yep. Like it's so right the character stuff this week. And uh, it's multi as I say, what's impressing me is it's multidimensional. Like it has it has layers to it. Carrot, it has layers to it. It mm-hmm. it affects more than just the scene you're watching. 100%. And we didn't get a friggin' profiling scene this week. I know. Well, but we do get a really dumb scene, though, considering well, profiling. We get an unbelievably dumb scene pretty pretty soon. Uh, so then we go and we find out about the teeth. And the, um, the, the person doing the autopsy says that the teeth were tipped with razors again. And I'm like... I feel like they should have done a lot more damage if these were like teeth tipped with razors. But anyway, uh, they say they're going to get a 3D model of the appliance. And then they talk about how the hair was bleached. Yes. Right? And it's like how they know that these were more brown hair. So obviously the bleaching has to be significant. Yes. Yeah. So and they say, well, he's working up to something. Right. And so but then they jump not to. They do the weird, this really weird statement where they're like, he must be working up to something. And I'm like, yep, that is a very good catch. And, but then yep. they say, uh, working up to something like getting at someone who escaped him before. And I'm like, nope, you got that backwards. <laughs> yes, you should look for other women he's bitten in the past during his evolution, but you should not be talking about that in the same sentence of he's create turning them into versions of the person he's really angry at and working up to something they like yeah. they muddle their profile oh well yeah but yes i'll i'll i i gave them that oh, one yeah no it's just it's it's a muddled profile and then we see the uh the woman who was horribly bitten by him in the past they've immediately found her it takes no time J- <laughs> literally the next scene yeah jj, JJ has said, already found her found her but and she it it is that was a really good scene with JJ and this yep. woman. High-end prostitute. It may be that, of course, she's in the database with these bites and things. Oh, yeah. I'm so, sure. Um, and the police had been called. So mm-hmm. she was re- she would have been reasonably easy to oh, find. Oh, no, exactly. But it's like, there. I love how the show isn't messing around and it's not wasting our time. They just, like, make one phone call, ch- a call, check the records. All right, we found her. Let's move on to the next step. And that was, but that scene, as I said again, uh, yeah, really impressed me because it was, it was well done. And JJ wants her to tell, tell JJ what 
who mm -hmm. this is, right? You know, because, and we'll protect you. And the woman looks at, at her and says, are you kidding me? Where do you, you think you are? Yeah, where do you think you are? It's just Washington, D.C. The rich and powerful get away with everything. It's a kleptocracy. Yep. Well, no, that comes up later. Oh, yeah, that's with the guy. Okay. Yeah, because we've yeah, already met the guy's assistant, and that's who she says came and gave him, uh, 50, uh gave, gave her $50,000 to keep her mouth shut. Yeah. Before the cops even Before got there. Before the cops got there. That's how on top of it these guys are. So it's like, of course, I'm not going to tell you who it is. Um, which is nice, which is yep. very nice. All right. So then it's back to the, it's really frustrating for them because they're like, they've got, they're sitting in a room with someone who, uh, who knows who the killer is. Yep. Right. And they can't do anything about it. Nope. And the one problem I had with this scene is you're the FBI freaking threatened to blackmail her. Like that's what the FBI does. The FBI is a blackmail organization that every now and then, like, puts an arm, puts, puts a bank robber in jail, just fundamentally. But here, here is the point. Yeah. It would have done no, no. no good to I'm try saying... and blackmail her because she knows, because JJ said, but she's, he's killed two, two, these other women. Yeah. Doesn't matter yeah. because she knows full well that if she says, Boo! He's not. She's, she's not. dead. That's what I'm she's saying. They should have tried to blackmail her and have her, because you know they're willing to go to any like anything to get this guy oh. and have her not give in to the blackmail. Okay, here's here's my point. I would say JJ was smart enough to know the blackmail wasn't going to work. Yeah, it's worth trying. You I'm may just say saying it's no. always I'm worth willing... trying blackmailing somebody, and all I'm saying is the FBI's first move is always to blackmail people. Like, that's just what the FBI but does. But she has got so many of her Johns are high ranking. Oh, yeah. That she can't risk it. Yeah. And and if they tried to blackmail her, if they tried to blackmail her, she would just call one of her friends and that would be that. And that is the kind of dialogue that I would have loved to see the characters get into to we reinforce how corrupt the systems of power in D.C. are. Oh, we get enough of that. We do get plenty of that. You're right. Come on. All right. So here, and now we get the next scene, which is where the episode gets real, real dumb, where they talk about he's bleaching the bodies to turn their hair white. Hmm. This must mean he's trying to get back at his mother because of edible issues. <laughs> what? Well, I thought, but I thought that that was really good. He must hate someone. Well, maybe it's his mother and the other guys are all going on. You know, well, he must have, uh, you know, and they give the, this regular Oedipus thing. He wants his mother and his mother, his mother rejects him and blah, blah, blah. And of course we love, I love Prentice for her line, for that line, which yeah. is maybe she didn't. <laughs> yeah. Because that's more to the point. Because yeah. the Oedipus story is he slept with his mother. He had two children with his mother. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, um, and but then the thing he is, found out it was his mother. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but the, the thing that bothers me about this scene is it's good dialogue and it's an interesting read of the Oedipal situation. But it's like, 
you cannot conceivably get there from he is bleaching women's hair. You can't get from he is bleaching women's hair to a conversation about the Oedipal complex. And the thing is, there's a place in this episode for a conversation about the Oedipal complex because, spoiler alert, I mean, I'm saying spoiler, we've all watched the episode. I don't have to worry (laughs) about that. But anyway, like, the killer wants to get caught. He is dumping all of the bodies on properties owned by his mother to publicly humiliate her because he wants to get caught. And so they could have just moved this conversation about the Oedipal stuff into, right? They could have just moved that after they find out about the senator and that the senator has this messed up son. And we, and so she could, uh, and they could have just said, wait a minute, like, this woman owns all the properties that these bodies were dumped on. And she's got a son who has a history of violence against women. He's obviously the killer, but why is he drawing attention to himself? And then they could have gotten into the conversation of, oh, wow, the bodies all look like the mother. And that would have been the perfect time to talk about the Oedipal compulsion. Oh, I I, I agree that, like, this is just a placement issue. Yeah, no, this, it, this exact scene, this exact scene, 10 minutes later in the episode, perfect scene. Perfect, perfect place for it. Yeah. So that's just, you no, know, it's, you it's, know what, it's writing them as psychic when they shouldn't have done that. Yeah. They don't have, well, here's, it's not just that they shouldn't have done that. It's they didn't need to do that. No, they didn't. You know, it, it, because there was a perfect placement for it. Yeah. Totally. You know, hey, they're so much better these days than they Used were be. before. <laughs> They're getting there. They're getting there. They're absolutely getting They're there. They're getting there. Come on. No, but it's weird because the writers still have this weird compulsion to treat the team as infallible people who always figure it out. But it's like, that makes them less interesting. Yeah, who always figure it out too soon. Way too soon. <laughs> but it's and like, I don't know why. I, yeah. I don't know why. I mean, this was always kind of a, a an issue with the show. All along, and I don't know why there is this necessity to make these people perfect. I know. But I mean And they're starting to break that down like they have with Garcia. Yeah. With a lot of the characters. They're starting to yeah. like be willing to criticize them and be willing them to show uh with more flaws. Like it's it's really interesting, and that's why I'm loving the Garcia and Green scenes so much. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, for once we get an episode that isn't just set in a single day, because the next scene is Garcia and Green the next day. <laughs> and by the way, oh my God, we've, I've been waiting for like episodes now. First off, he sees that she's got cats all over her screen, which is cute. <laughs> so cute. Uh, but what I really loved is we finally get an answer to the, like, we finally start talking about, okay, well, why did you come to me then? And we don't get an answer yet, but they're finally willing to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, and we find out that what uh, the mastermind was doing was give, was uh, he created his little 8chan for wannabe serial killers. And then when guys seemed likely to be, you know, worth killing, he would give them the psychopath test and go into the background and do it in a subtle way so we could see, okay, well, who can I really get? Who might who might really be willing to go in real life? So yeah, it's an uh it's a very interesting question and it makes the way he put together this cult all the more believable if he was just like essentially turning himself into an amateur psychologist. 
to find potential serial killers to work with his little plan. It's nice. Like, it's a really good scene. Uh, I, I enjoyed that a lot. But they have to follow his rules. And of course, how could he find people who are suicidal? That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, but I guess, can. yeah, I guess it all comes down to, you know, um, you're willing, like how much you go into, like how deeply you go into these people's lives, like how far you dig in and how good you are at figuring out who they are. So, yeah, yes. but it's, it's another good scene with Garcia and Green who are like, you know, I'm not saying MVPs, but they are having reliably good scenes together this episode. And they yep. only get better from here. <sighs> I know. And now we get they've found the new body. We fa- They found Rose's body. And uh, the, one, <laughs> the one issue I had was the assumption that uh, JJ, uh, not JJ, that Emily makes that the dump sites must be meaningful. Uh... Because, like, why would anyone drive hundreds of miles to dump a body? It must have a certain significance. And I'm like, well... Why? Um, I would dump it 100 miles away if I had the resources because I didn't want to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, to me, that's... Okay, so... Why are they assuming this is too much trouble? Yeah, exactly, right? But, yeah. and again, this is I, this is a thing that has such an easy fix, which is he drove them a hundred miles, right? Which is, it seems like it should be a way to distance yourself from the crimes, but he also leave them, left them in places where it was guaranteed that they were going to get found immediately. Meaning yeah. the placement of here wasn't about distancing himself from the crime. It was about something else. Add in that line and boom, suddenly it makes perfect. Like suddenly it's obviously, obviously a lead. Yeah. You know, and it's just those those little things they're missing. They're so close to having it make perfect sense, but they're just missing these tiny notes here and there, you know? Yeah, well, you know. It happens. Like they're writing these things in a hurry. I get it. I could offer I could offer to edit, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure they have a big enough writing staff as it is. And it's like I you know, I just finished a rewrite myself. And you know what? There's stuff that I missed, you know, when I first and wrote yes. that script. And I had to have third-party people look at it and tell me, well, what about X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, you're right. X, Y, and Z makes way more sense. And it's a better script for it. Yes, and I did the final edit. Which I really appreciate. All right, next scene. Will shows up and we all breathe a sigh of relief because he's just got a thyroid disorder. <laughs> Yes, we're so happy. You're like, oh, thank God. Why would you, oh, why so would you terrify was... us like that, show? Yes. Why did you allow people to think that this was going to be an excuse? I know. Oh, my God. Although I do, I have to admit that sort of at the beginning, that, that earlier, that first one, I was thinking, are they really going to do something with... Something bad. They're spending too much time with JJ and Will. Something I know. Something happen. bad is going to happen. So the two of them are there, right? Yep. Yep. And, you know, and she says, you can't do this to me anymore. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah. And he gives her, he gives her the reasons. Yeah. And she says, but that's not our marriage. And he said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. You are constantly running into danger. And I only find out about it when you get home. And tell me, oh, by the way, a serial killer pointed a gun at my face earlier today. Yeah. And I'm like, 
damn, they're they're writing this relationship so well. No. Oh, so BTW, I forgot to mention earlier. Um, Reed got mentioned in the episode. When uh when David brings up the uh psychopath checklist, yes. uh she meant uh sorry, she Garcia mentions that Reed had told her about that years ago. So yes. I'm like, ah, they're mentioning him. They want to keep us thinking about Reed. Makes me really happy. Makes me very yes. happy that they're... No, we don't want you to forget about it. We fully expect that we're going to be able to convince him to come back at some point. So we're going to keep talking about him in a way that, sadly, we're not going to keep talking about Matt. Yes, well, let me put it this way. Uh, Matthew Gray Googler may be watching this episode saying, okay, I okay, mean, watching maybe. this 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 series... 16 and saying, well, okay, they are doing different things. Maybe they can treat me a little bit better. Yeah, maybe I can get, you know, maybe the whole show can be up at my level. <laughs> uh, but here was my reaction to watching this scene. So it fi we find out Will's fine and they do this whole thing. And the minute the scene ended, I'm like, oh my God, are they killing off JJ? But that's exact. Well, that's what I said. Yeah. Like that's that's what I the minute we got to the end of this scene, I'm like, oh god, tell me they're not killing off JJ. I know that literally last week I said I would rather you kill off JJ than Will. <laughs> and that's true, but I also don't want you to kill off JJ. I I will get to that at the end. We'll talk about that at we'll the end. We'll talk about that at the end because I do have I I qualms if, and misgivings. Well, no, it's not that. I do have an alternate that uh, to JJ dying, but wow, we're gonna talk about it. Oh yeah. but God, um, they have they have the best relationship. I can't believe yeah, how great and, they are writing the two of these okay. characters. Oh, and and here's the thing, though. They pinky swear, and she says she will always tell him, and he says, eh, you know, I don't know. But then he's, I like, don't know about that. This is supposed, and it's a pinky swear. You have to mean it. Don't say it if you don't. Yeah, and um, so, yeah. And she says, no, I will tell you when I'm going into danger. Yeah. She will always call him and tell him when she's going into danger. Yep. Uh, so, okay. we get... Here's then we get, the big scene. Go on. Oh, yeah. The big scene is uh, Bailey turns up because they have found out who the killer is because all three of the bodies were dropped at tobacco farms owned by a super rich Republican senator. Yep. And her son is a dude who uh, has a long history of violence uh, against women and attacked the senator's third husband on their wedding night. And this yeah. would be a great place to explain the Oedipal situation rather than <laughs> doing it earlier. Yes. This is where, yes, we should have had this. This is where the I, scene should have been. In. This is where and it should the have editing, been. The funny thing is, is the edit could have even taken care of that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Saw it, uh, something you know, they like probably that. probably could have edited. Then it we come went. to, I'm not going to call it the most daring thing that this show has done yet, but we get the son waking up, being woken up by his assistant, and, you know, starting drinking at 3 a.m. the minute he wakes up. 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Yeah, 3 p.m., sorry, 3 p.m. And then the mother comes in and tells him, that he's got to, you know, do some political thing for her for fundraise to get him back into polite society and help her with his, her career. And she said, and he says he doesn't want to. And she's essentially oh. like, come here and kneel in front of me. And this show, for a number of reasons, cannot come out and say, 
that she has been molesting this guy for his entire life. And I understand that they can't get away with saying that for a number of reasons. But they have never gotten closer to just coming out and saying, this is what is happening. Oh, it was a creepy scene. It's so creepy. And you're like... Creepy, creepy, creepy scene. It's like, it gave me chills watching it because I I was sitting there watching and it's like, are they actually just going to say it? Are they finally going to admit that that's where this stuff comes from? And they don't say it, but they come so close to being willing to finally just come out and say it. And I I respect, I respect how close they got. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I was, the scene was creepy enough, this woman. It's magnificent. It was, it was, a, it was so well acted. Yeah. I don't know who directed this episode. I'll have to go look that we up. We should go back and check later. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's such a oh. good scene because it's like this kind of child abuse is at the core of, you know, what creates these serial killers and the entire problem of viol- this kind of violence. And the show, because it's made in America by Americans, always had to shy away from that. Yeah, like they could only in a couple episodes of a year year bring up the concept of child molestation because it's yeah. like you can't do that every week. And I'm like, well, if you're honest about serial killers, you do it every week. But this episode just just I'm not saying it flat out says it because it's still very coy. But there is no way to read this scene other than no this woman has been molesting him his entire life. And he yeah. is a creature made in, t- like, built entirely out of rage against him for the abuse he has been experiencing his entire life. Because this is the key part. On a literal level, the story of Oedipus is a story about how trying to avoid a prophecy coming true is what makes it coming true. Yes. That is on a literal level what is it about? It is about. On a metaphorical level, the story of Oedipus is a story about how you make your own monsters. Yep. If you abuse your children, they are going to come that is going to come back on you one day. That is what the story of Oedipus uh, uh, Oedipus is about. And so this episode isn't just doing the literal story of Oedipus, it's telling the metaphorical story of Oedipus too. Like yeah. this episode gets it. Like, and I mean, I know it's the most controversial opinion we've expressed on the show that we don't really care that much when children abuse their uh, elderly parents, because, you know, sometimes, most of the time, that's karma. You know, (laughs) it's I learned it from watching you, dad. Uh, But this episode is willing to go there. And it's like the karma thing. Like, yeah, he's a monster, but she built this monster. All by herself. Yep. And we will see more of that as it As the show on. goes. Yeah. Because in previous episodes, right, they've been like permissive uh, parents who cover for their children turn them into monsters, but they don't get into, you know, the abuse part. Yep. But this one is like, no, she wa- she abused him. She turned him into a monster. And then every time he got caught for being a monster, she covered up for him. Like every part of it, she is blamed. She is responsible. I just, I'm not going to say I never thought the show would do this, because I guess I always hoped the show would be willing to be this honest and smart about it. And it makes me so happy that they're actually doing it. Like, wow. Yep. 
Yeah, no, this, this, and it's nice. It's yeah. a streaming episode. It can go in places that it couldn't have gone if it was on regular TV, cable mm-hmm. TV. It really is. Like, they, they couldn't I, have gotten away with that. No, I, I, it would have pushed too hard. They, not, oh, they might have been able to get away with saying it. They couldn't have gotten away with showing this scene is a lot creepier and yep. a lot more distasteful. And like, it's necessary. It's critical to understanding everything that's going to happen coming later. Mm-hmm. But I can't see them ever showing a scene like this. Yep. This is, this is hard in this. Oh. Yeah, anyway, they, they did it. They came as close as they possibly could um, so that you really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Unless you've got real blinkers on your head. <laughs> you're right. Like, no, but I, I can't even imagine someone watching that scene. And I, I guess you're right that those people exist. But it's like, it's hard to imagine just from where we are. And yeah, okay, maybe we have our own blinkers. But it's like, how do you watch that scene and not understand what they're saying? Mm-hmm. I just, I like, and you're right. Maybe there's somebody out there who didn't get that scene and didn't get what that scene was about, but the show's making it really hard to miss what that scene's about. Yeah. And, and that's it, why I it, respect it so much. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, then it's back to Garcia and green talking about uh, getting just full on into the conflict. They talk a little about how he's good at social, how mastermind is good at social engineering people. And, you know, making sure that they're ready to kill themselves and picking out exactly the right ones. And uh, they talk about how he thought he was tricking him, you know, and managed to get the file. But at the same time, they point out that, yeah, except he was playing you because he lured you into a trap with the bomb. Now, the weird part is they don't know he did that. He did do that, but they don't know he did that. Which is kind of a weird thing about the episode. Because if you go back and you watch that episode, episode three, there is, they have no reason to believe, A, that, you know, Mastermind was actually there, or B, that Mastermind planned to be there in order to kill the guy after luring him out into the open. Now, that is what was happening, but there's no reason the character should know that. Well, I... (sighs) Remember because remember last week, they're like, we have, no, no. there were no unsubs in there. Wait a sec. It was only Garcia who said that. No, it's but, only Garcia who, Garcia who says, you were played. Yeah, he was playing she you. understand, he was playing you because she understands how might, he might not have passed that test. Yeah. Okay. That he might have said some little thing. And yeah, that made him expose himself and he was asking too many questions. That's true. And my point is, I would be fine if that was the jump they made this week, but they were already assuming that last week before they'd even gotten into his chats with Sicarius. After they yeah. read his chats with Sicarius, they're good enough at profiling that they can say, oh no, he would look at the way he's talking. Look at the way you're talking. He was on to you. But the yes. problem is, they were already assuming it last week. 
And so again, it's just an editing issue. It's just a scene placement issue. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. but, uh, but still, this is where we finally get why he picked Garcia. Cause he's like, I looked around to every hacker I could find. And you were the only famous hacker who was surrounded by kittens and unicorns. So I knew that if people's lives were in danger, you would do anything I wanted. Well, and he found out that she was the Black Queen. Well, exactly. But that she's was like, exactly. Yeah, and she was she, the Black Queen. And she had worked for the FBI in the past. And she was all kittens and unicorns. So he knew she could do it. And he knew he could manipulate her. And he was right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like we finally get why he came to her. And here's the interesting part. There's one, like, really good scene. One thing I have a problem with, one thing I have a question about. He says his plan was activate all... He needed all the trackers to get activated so that he could get at um, Sicarius. But that implies, and maybe there's some way he did know this, because... If you watch episode three, Sicarius is so desperate on money that that's why he agrees to give Green a case and go to where Green is. And it kind of seems like Green had to know that. Right? Because 15 or no, 10 of uh, 13, I think, of his cases get compromised 12 or 13 of his cases get compromised and that's a huge amount of money he just lost and so he's suddenly desperate for money and that's why he goes and pulls the trigger on green and so in this episode they're acting like that's why he wanted the trackers turned on so they would get compromised and he would have to come to me and pop his head out and i'm like i guess they're saying that he somehow knew that um that sicarius needed the money and they don't really establish that really well. That's oh, the one part that confused me. I didn't read it that way at all. Okay. I, I just thought that, that I, I guess I, I'm just sort of thinking about it now. I only watched it a little while ago. Yeah. But um, I would say that he, Sicarius, for whatever reason, and he allowed Green to get the transponders to find out for sure whether green was the leak maybe but he certainly didn't see see whereas but if you go back and you watch those scenes with uh with sicarius right with the whole mastermind of the frat it really does seem like he is not happy that there was a breach no, he's not happy that. So there I don't was a- think he let them. He let him get the transponder codes. I think Green actually succeeded in hacking him and finding the transponder codes. Well, yes, but what we're getting in this episode is that this is how, you know, when Garcia says, "Okay, he was on to you," and that he let you get the transponder codes, you didn't do some brilliant thing to get the transponder codes. Well, no, no, no. They're not saying that he let him get the transponder codes. He's saying he uh, he was on to you and he knew you were the one who stole the transponder codes and he was on to you and was luring you into a trap in D.C. That's what she's saying in that line. Okay, yeah, but the money issue had nothing to do... I don't think the money issue had anything to do... I don't think Green that knew anything Maybe about not, that. but I just don't understand why he thought getting turning on all the transponders 
would be, would help him get one of the cases. Cause he specifically says you turned on the, on the transponders and then I got a case and he is connecting those two facts. And we know that that is accurate. Ruining all the transponders is why he got a case because Sicarius needed the money. But my question is, why did he think that turning all the transponders is why he got a case? And I guess, no. But no, that's not the impression I get. We'll have to go back it's, to it's, In my defense, it is literally what he says, but we can go back and check the whole scene later. Yeah, in three. Yeah. Because in three, my, he was talking to somebody else. He was talking to, yes, he's also talking to the other guy who wants to go next. And Mastermind says, keeps saying, no, I've, I've got to take something to care of first. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's taking care of Green. Yeah. Because he already knows that Green is the leak. Yes, that is correct. But yeah, all, I, all I'm saying is the thing that's not clear is why does Green believe that exposing all of the other transponders is how he was going to get a case? And that's what I don't understand. Okay, I'll have to go. I, no, when, I, hey, you I, know what? We got a whole month to go back and watch this stuff. We'll watch all. Yeah, we're going to watch all five again before we come back. Five again, yeah. Yeah, we're going to, before we come back, we're going to do a recap of the half first half of the season. So these are conversations we can uh, save for them. Yes. All right. And then in the next scene, surprising everyone, the killer's assistant shows up at the building. Because the two of them have had a con conversation. The killer and his assistant have had a conversation. Yeah. And <clears throat> the assistant, um, like the killer is saying, you've got to fix this. Yeah. We've yeah. heard that, that the FBI is looking, looking into, into it. Yeah. And the and killer this, says, and you have you to fix this. this. And the assistant says, how? I'm not sure I'm going to be able. How yeah. am I going to How be would able I do that? And now we see that. And now it's up to the audience to figure out, is he scared and going to them? Or is this how he's going to fix it? And of course, it quickly becomes clear when he said that Franklin has nothing to do with it. Oh, this is his plan to fix it. Mm -hmm. um, there is, now we'll get to the next scene. And so they quickly realize, uh, as I like the thing that he's enjoying, they immediately recognize that he's enjoying looking at the photos way too much. Yep. And they're like, okay, no, he's in on this. This is a plan. They find the teeth in his car and he's like, those aren't mine. Like, okay, thanks. They were in your car, dude. Yeah. It's not a great lead, but they're like, this has to be a, this has to be a distraction. And they're like, but what would he be distracting us for? And they're like, oh, there's only one person out there who can identify that he's the killer. And so he must be going after the sex worker that he uh, bit and let get away and bribed. And... Of course, that proves to be exactly right. And we next cut to the parking lot that she's walking through and him grabbing her from behind. And here is one thing that the episode does wrong. And again, this is such an easy fix, but it's one thing the episode does wrong. Because when the guy comes up and says, I know, like, you have been, we are made, the FBI is looking into it. His friend says, he's like, one of my friends told me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but the point in the episode in which he says it, who knows that they're looking at him? Yeah. Nobody knows that oh. they're looking at him. Yeah. Like, so is there a leak at the BAU? Well, what would have been really good for the episode 
is if, and again, it would have reinforced the kind of power we're talking about. They should have revealed in this scene that she's the one who called the assistant. Because she figured if she heard it, if they heard it from somebody else, they would think she was going to talk. They should have made it. So the minute she got out of the FBI, she called the assistant and said, the FBI just came to talk to me. But don't worry, I didn't say anything. And he said, good work. And then he would have reported that to the uh, the killer, as my source tells me. And then the killer would have said, we got to get rid of her. Yes. But in, like that would have been the way to handle this scene. So that it, yes. Yeah. And because... Otherwise, we're like... How did this leak out? Is there a source inside the BAU? Yes. And unless that comes up, it's less well written than it could have been. Yes. I I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, because it does leave it open to is is whatever his name is. Bailey leaking this. Yeah, is Bailey leaking this? I'm like, but why would he? Yes, why would he? So it is um yeah, it was it was weird because I can't imagine who would have said anything. I'm like you. I couldn't have imagined. Yeah. So, OK, I'm glad you anyway, reacted the same way because I yeah, was very confused. Yes, I I found it. And it could be a little. All it had to do was be this girl that they paid the fifty thousand dollars to and who wouldn't talk. Yeah. Then and she called right. the guy. All, all, all she had to do was call the assistant because the assistant is the one they all have interaction with exactly he's the one who picks up the women and he's the one who pays off the women so it's like that's whose number that's whose phone number they have you know yeah. and it's yeah. and and you totally would have believed that character would have phoned him given how she looks on the world and said you know under no circumstance uh i just i didn't do anything i didn't say anything you can trust me i'll keep my mouth shut yeah. i believe she would have called him and said that yep. uh but anyway Luckily, the team gets there in time and rescues her. But, and this is key, when he hears them driving up, he takes out his phone and he dials 911 to someone. To to breach elite. I mean, yep. to, to, to yeah. beltway elite. Beltway elite. He dials 911. <laughs> oh. Yep. And we have no idea what mm -hmm. that is going to be. And then we go back to Garcia and Green one yeah. more time. Uh, but first, we actually, uh, before we go back to Garcia and Green, we go cut right to him being arrested, right? Uh, <laughs> by the way, I do like that uh, we did gloss over because we had already talked about that the assistant says, America is a kleptocracy. All that matters yes. is who has the money. There's no justice. There's oh, just who... And yeah. Okay. And the other important thing is that he talks about Whitfield, Georgia. Well, no, that's what the killer says in the next scene after the killer's been caught. The killer is the one who mentions Whitfield, Georgia. Uh, this is the next scene. The killer's caught. He's in there and Emily's like, okay, he's got this edible thing. He's obsessed with his strong woman mother. I'll play that part. And she goes and gets to talk about her gray hair. Yes. Oh, God, that's so great. And flirts with him because she knows it's going to make him uncomfortable given his sexual relationship with his mother. Uh, yeah. It's it's great. And so that was he, also a, yeah, that was also an uncomfortable scene. Incredibly uncomfortable scene, but in the best <laughs> possible way. Yes. Because yes. the show is using our discomfort to make its point. Yes. Oh, such yes. a good episode. 
Uh, it really is. This is a very good episode. All right. So then we get, um, he immediately has to show off to her because she's right. She can manipulate him by role playing his mother. And he has to show off. And this is where he starts bragging about all the people he killed since he's Sicarius. And they're like, oh, what the hell? No one outside of the FBI knows about, uh, you know, knows about the details of what was in that container. How does he know about this? But then Emily, being a friggin' genius, says to him, anyone could have gotten that out of a file. Tell me something I don't know about. And that's when he says, why don't you drop by Whitfield, Georgia? You know, you'll find some buried treasure that you don't know about. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's the key part. He actually does give them information that they didn't already have. And people who were paying attention to the show will remember that Whitfield, Georgia was established as the place that the mastermind was setting up a firebomb inside one of the containers. Which which leads me to one of my problems with the end. Of course. 100%. All right. And there we're, we're almost there. Yes, we are we're almost, almost there. there. So, but before he can confess any further, his lawyer busts in and is like, get the him the hell out of here. Yep. Uh, right. You don't say another word. He is getting out of here. And then you might thinking, you might think if you're paying attention, oh, that's what 911 is. It calls the lawyers and tells them to get out. And that is yeah. a completely reasonable thing to th- think in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like it's an emergency lawyer, come and get me. And then the mother walks in and she says to Bailey and, uh, Emily, here, yeah, and Emily, full stop. Uh, you let my son go or there isn't a BAU tomorrow. Now, and I Prentice not- quite uh, nicely is like, Hey, it's up to you, boss. <laughs> I'm not getting my I'm not getting my fingers in this. You wanted to play games? Go ahead, play your game. Yeah, I. I uh, but you were about to say about uh, her threat. Well, no, I was just going to say I can't believe that she could actually do that. Yes. No, she probably couldn't. That yeah, I agree with you. That is quite a stretch. The idea that she could cripple the BAU. You're just a senator. It is the Justice Department. You know, yes. there's a Democratic president. You're a Republican senator. Come on. But who knows? <laughs> you know, who the hell knows, right? Uh, the politics have changed very much. Like politics have changed. That might be that might be a bit of a stretch, but it's still a good scene. Although you'd think Emily, is good... someone who's so good at blackmailing people and manipulating people, would like threaten to go the press with the fact that her son is a serial killer. Is cheap shot. Yeah. Wouldn't work. It wouldn't, wouldn't work. work. But, you know, might. You might want to take a chance. Uh, although they do confirm that Benjamin cannot actually be the mastermind because uh, he was studying for a couple of years in England while yes. the first murders were happening. So yes. there's like no way he could possibly be doing it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, no, right. this is the scene where Mitch is like, uh, oh, yeah, no, I'm putting my faith not in justice. I'm putting my faith in money. Like, bang, there you go. The show is like, I'm not saying it's wise guy, but the show's got something to say about America suddenly. Suddenly. It's all about 
Money, money, money. You think? I mean, it's it, he's not he's not quoting Sonny Sealgrave, but he's making the same point. You think yeah. that has anything to do with justice? This is about money, and that's who I'm going to stay on the side of. Thank you very much. <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved yes. it, loved it. And this is A the lot? green, yeah. And this is the green and Garcia you were talking about because Joe is like, uh, you know, the conversation files and you know, this website better than anybody. We are looking for a cannibal. Who, who are we looking for? And I guess green has an excellent memory. Cause he's like, yeah, go search for the word overbite. Yeah. Because I remember that he was talking to this guy who was a wannabe cannibal. And he said he got him something to fix his overbite. And so they find the cannibal's uh, username. And we find out that the cannibal is the guy who paid for all of this. Or at least, well, one of the guys who paid for all of this. Well, it's the thing is, is that they're looking more into, um, because they're trying to find where, yeah, they find out the blank. Well, first of all, this guy yeah. is the one who is... Paying for the elite website. Yeah. He built Men the website. He built the dating website for the Beltway elite. And he's the one who's paying for the whole murder frat. Right? Yeah. And that is what we learned. Because if you'll remember in the conversation he had back in episode three, the guy who was desperate to quote unquote go next talks about how we paid to set all of this up. So there are a couple of guys who put in the seed money to get this going and the cannibal mother obsessed killer is one of the guys who put in the seed money. Yes. That's what we find out now. And, and what green says is that after, um, after talking about getting the guy, the dentures, they said, let's go private. And green is like, there's a place I never found out where it was. I never found out how to see it, that there are private messages private direct messages between the mastermind and the people like who pay for this, but I don't know where it is, which, and so like, we've got this great big hook of how are they going to figure this out? Into. And now, (laughs) and uh, if you thought this show couldn't get any bleaker, (laughs) uh, but all right, before it gets super bleak, they're like, how are we going to figure out where this thing is? And Joe's like, well, Joe. And David's like, there's uh, somebody who might be able to help you. And so Green goes to talk to Garcia in her office. And he gets let, let into the sanctum. Yes, because he's got... He brought a kitten. He brought, he brought a present for he her. It's a kitten. <laughs> so she agrees to help. Yep. If, if, and we don't know what the second thing is, and then we see what it is, he has to hold the cat. I know, because he said he hates cats. I know. Again, this is what I'm saying. Like, I love their chemistry. Yep. Like, the two of them have just, are like such standouts this episode, and I hope we get more of the two of them teaming up in the second half of the season. Because yeah. I just love the two of them together. Oh yeah, this they were the best part of the whole episode. Oh yeah. No, they they are great together. Although I will say what I always say which is no there wasn't a cat rescue down the street. You are <laughs> on a military base. 
figured this one out. How do they not know? Like, we are 16 years in, and the writers still don't know that all of this is happening on a military base. You know, do you not understand where Quantico is? Do you not understand like, where... Yeah, Quantico is a, is a city, but they're 15 minutes north of Quantico in a military base. I know. <laughs> it bothers me so much. Well, uh, let, let me put it this way. Reed's not there, so geographical ge profile. <laughs> Isn't there a strong suit? Oh my god, you're right, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Uh, Alright, so uh, the senator and her son get home. Uh, <laughs> and she is about to give him the business for humiliating her again and make causing problems. Except the mastermind is there. Voight is waiting for them. And that's who the 911 call was to. The 911 call was, it's time to shut all of this down and kill my mother. Yep. Wow. Yeah, again, well, like I said, you thought this already was bleak. Whoa. <laughs> Well, and the only thing I can say, thank God we didn't see him killing his mother. No, I mean, they at least, you know, let us off the hook. But that horrifying moment where he's like, but I, and so Void is like, go ahead. And guy's like, I don't have my teeth. And he's like, it's your mother. You don't need the teeth. Like, <laughs> Jeez, oh. And it, which is like a brutal line, but it's also an insight it like, uh, it's a great line. It's a great line, but it's also an insightful commentary about how the character's psychology works. Because all of the stuff with the fake teeth and the drugging women was the steps he took to otherize himself, like to turn himself into the person who was going to be able to kill his mother. And then yeah. this guy who's great at psychology is like, you don't need that stuff anymore. You are the person who's ready to kill your mother. <laughs> Again, this is what I'm talking about, about the show getting the psychology yeah. so right. Yeah. And I kind of love that the villain is the one who is the best at the psychology. It was... Oh. It's smart. Oh. It's a smart I, episode. No, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but oh... Oh, no. oh it's a horrific scene. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, she's getting off, she tells him he needs to go take a shower. Yeah. Stop uh, smelling like prison. And stop smelling like prison. And, and she takes off her coat and she's getting ready to go upstairs. And all of a sudden we see Sarius. There he is with his rifle. No, he's got his uh, silence pistol, but yes. Oh, I thought it was. No, okay. he's got a little silence pistol. Okay. Yeah. But that's, not, that's not important. <laughs> and the mother tries doesn't. to talk her way out of it and say she loves him. And he's like, even now you're still lying to me. Yeah. Damn this episode! It was good. This episode gets it. This episode yeah. gets it. Like all of the, and it, and it's clear what's going on. All of the times she molested him, she said she loved him, and he knew she didn't mean it because she was abusing him. And now that she's begging for her life, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just I'm going. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's so good. It is. It is so good. And yeah. then we go back to oh. our. 
Oh, but before we get there, we see the aftermath of the murder. Uh, we hear that the guy has fled and we see the aftermath of the murder. And remember how I was complaining that, you know, for a teeth full of razors, he certainly, certainly didn't mess up those women. Well, we get a messed up woman. Like, I can't, it's one of these, I can't believe they showed this on television scenes when you see what has happened to his mother's face. Yeah. Like, God. This show is going all in on how disgusting this is. Meanwhile, and this is important to remember, um, because, and we forgot to mention this earlier, because he mentioned Georgia, Luke and JJ have already been dispatched to Georgia. Oh, good. Yeah, I was just... that that did happen earlier. We just neglected to mention it because, let's face it, we're so excited about all of the psychology stuff they're getting so right. <laughs> the plot mechanics are less interesting to us than how good they're doing with the psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's the show now. Great psychology. Eh, still iffy on the... Doesn't matter. I don't Doesn't care. matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We're, we're happy. All right. And that's all that matters. All right. So... Here's the great part. Uh, David, Garcia, Green, they get in a room and they're like, we now know, like, since we know that, uh, since we know that this guy, this killer and Sicarius know each other, how are they keeping in contact? And so all Green can tell them is it was the only comments he heard about them was it's like it would have to be a natural place where it's completely easy to add and delete data without anyone noticing that it was happening. So like a place where there's a lot of constant posting and they're like, well, this guy did start Beltway Elite, a place yeah. that exactly fits that. And so she goes to Beltway Elite, she digs into the code and she finds their private chat room. Uh, meanwhile, we discover that they're the plane they, whoever took off on the plane, filed a pl fight plan that was fraudulent, but all planes have to have GPS, so they know that the family plane landed in Whitfield, Georgia, which is the exact same place that, uh, that he had already mentioned, and that Luke and JJ already are. So, now we got a real situation. Garcia starts deleting the, uh... <laughs> Starts downloading everything she can from the private chats. Sicarius gets a notification that the deletion is happening. So he burns the entire site remotely before she can get almost anything. And the uh, the killer's like, we got to get to a country with no extradition. And Sicarius is like, yeah, we got to take care of something first, though. <laughs> yeah, and that's interesting because isn't it, who is it that says that, that Sicarius is playing our is, killer? Oh, yeah. And that's what's happening between Tara and Emily in the same scene. Yeah, in the same scene. And, and I'm, well, I'm, well, now we're moving into sort of the end game. We here are at the end. We are at the end game because I think it's fair to say that Sicarius's plan was to get, you know, to get this killer, to get the cannibal killer into the container and blow it up and make it look like the guy who was in charge of the entire frat had just killed himself. I think really? that was his plan. Yes, I think that was his plan originally. I think his plan gets screwed up, but I suspect that's what his plan was. And that's why they went to Georgia. And that's why he set the bomb inside there. Because he was going to get this guy, a guy who he could believably say was behind all of it, given all of his money and resources and the fact that he's a serial killer. Right? 
And the fact that he has a key connection to all of the money and the website that was being used for this, I think he was planning on framing this guy for being Sicarius. I'll have to think on that for a while. All right, you think I'm about it. That is my theory. Yeah, I'm not completely convinced of that. Yeah. But we're going to have to wait till next season to find out. <laughs> till next, till January to find out. I know. But that is, you want to know where my head is at? That's what I think was happening in that scene. Okay. I think that's well, why he brought him to Georgia. Yes. And then we move back to um, JJ and, and Luke. Uh, and, and Luke. Finally. And, and they've been, to, and they managed to get a hold of them and they managed to tell them that, that Sicarius and our killer are, in Whitfield, Georgia, as yep. well, and warning them, and then they come to where the GPS trackers. No, no, I'm um, GPS. No, no, this is the no. Satellite. They're not. This is this is yeah. This is the problem with the one problem with the episode. Well, we've mentioned a couple of problems. The biggest problem with the episode, and I think we just have to accept this. We are asked to believe that the the state cops in Georgia got on a satellite. And found somewhere in the entirety of Whitfield County a set of doors in the ground. Mm -hmm. And that the cops were like immediately, yes, this random storm cellar in the middle of nowhere must be where the serial killer's hideout is. Like, it's a huge cheat. It's a huge convenience. And we just have to accept it. Okay, wait, it gets, it gets, it gets worse because then they're there, they find it, right? Yeah. And, and then they're, and they've called for backup. But they decide not to wait for the backup. And I just went, oh shit, some things are still (sighs) happening, right? Yeah, that pissed me off too. And then JJ calls, calls Will. Yep. And doesn't, doesn't tell him. That she's walking into danger because they've decided they're not going to wait for backup. And I'm going, what's the rush? What is the rush? There's no rush. Even if, even if Sicarius and the cannibal are in there, they're still, they're still going to be in there in 10 minutes when the SWAT team shows up. Yeah, it it was, it It was. It bothered me too. It really bothered me. And I'm, I, and here's, but you see, here's the alternate thing too that I thought, not just like you're thinking that he's going to kill because Prentice and, and Tara think that, yeah. but I'm going, what if, if, if the, the killer mentioned Whitfield, Georgia, and he was smart enough to mention Whitfield, Georgia because they were setting up a trap? That's possible too. Right. And I'm going, didn't anybody think of that? The only reason, but the reason I didn't think that, I mean, you're right that the characters probably could have, should have thought that was a friggin' possibility. But the reason I don't think that the cannibal was thinking that is because the cannibal mentions Whitfield, Georgia. Right. But then when mm-hmm. they're actually in Whitfield, Georgia, all he's thinking about is I'd like to get on a plane and get to Ecuador, you know? <laughs> Like, he doesn't seem to know what's going on. That's why I think what was going on there was, yeah, Sicarius knew there was a trap, but all the cannibal knew was that he was supposed to mention Whitfield, Georgia. That if he ever got caught, mentioned to, and he probably told him, if you ever get caught, I can help you escape and disappear, 
but you have to lead them to Whitfield, Georgia, in order to escape. Is my suggestion. And he told him it was part of the escape, but it was actually his plan to frame that guy for being sicarious. Well, yes, or it was just part of a trap to kill some anyway, FBI agents. Give them enough time to get away. Maybe the two of them. you're right. You you absolutely could yes. be right. And here's the only reason that I say that is what the hell is Sicarius going to do without this guy's money? Well, he's got other founders. Get it. He's got other founders. <laughs> but, but you're right. But this guy, yeah, seems to be the big one. You're absolutely right. I mean, to me, it says you can't kill the goose that lays the The golden golden eggs. Yeah. Although, uh, yeah, I was about to say that, although, can he still get his money? Of course, rich people hide money all the time. That's what rich people do. (laughs) That's the number one pastime of rich people is hiding their money so they don't have to pay taxes. Of course, he'll be able to still get access to money. Yeah, I don't. No, you're right. You were 100% right about that. That's a really good point. You know, so like, and I, I accept that there's your side of it too, but yeah. then Sicarius isn't going to keep, be able to keep doing, you see, this is the problem is that he likes what he's doing. Oh yeah, he does. He, he wants does. to keep doing it. Well, if he can't really set this guy up and still continue doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't that's, know. That's I, 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 right. And that for me is sort of the biggest part the biggest questions that I have at the end of this mm-hmm. is which one of these kinds of ideas is it going to be? Yeah. Because yeah. is it is it Tara and Prentice's idea that that he's going to kill? I don't quite see that. So maybe they're tra- setting up a trap for the FBI. Anyway, so well, you course, know what? We're, we're going to have a lot of time to think about this before the new episode. So <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the what. For them is the real cliffhanger. Oh is JJ and Luke go down into it, and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, they see the all head. of the gas cans with the bomb attached to them. The team is watching through their live streaming body cameras, and it starts and it goes beep. beep, and then they start to run, and then the cameras go out. Yeah. Now, so is is JJ dead or is Luke dead or are both of them dead? I can't imagine they're killing off two people. I'm hoping they're killing off nobody, but I mean, all bets are off. Now, now, the only thing, and the reason that I would say Luke instead of JJ is Luke was behind yeah, her. JJ was closer to the exit. It might be Luke yeah. who's getting killed. And let's face it, Adam Rodriguez is is a popular man. He gets plenty of work. He might be fine with them killing off Luke. Well, not only that, he can then start directing more episodes. That would be fantastic, given, you yeah. know, the last he episode just- he directed was so good. Yeah, so he could become the he could become standard the director. That would be amazing, actually. Director. I would love it if they did that. something like I mean, that. I would, I would yeah, well, that would be great. So, so, so there's yeah. a possibility if they it's not all is not lost. No, for Adam Rodriguez, if Luke gets killed, in exactly this. because oh. this will send JJ into a spiral. Yeah, because she didn't tell Will and she, she didn't wake her back up, and yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. And maybe they will deal with those issues. Yep. Just yep. maybe. So I don't know. I I I would think because JJ, if they killed off JJ, I don't the world would end. I know. Oh my god, I know. Right. I, I don't know. Like I honestly don't know what they're gonna do. I'm really afraid they're gonna kill JJ. I'm really afraid they're gonna kill Luke. Luke is slightly more likely. What the hell would they do if they killed off JJ? Like, but 
the thing is, I'll say this. Why the hell didn't they uh, wait for backup? I will say this about the show. Yeah. It is in character. It is like, I, I am constantly criticizing the characters on this show for never waiting for backup. Because they don't. It is 100% in character of them, uh, of the characters in this show, to rush in and not wait for backup. They do yeah. it literally all the time. Yes. And and here's 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 a big point. Yeah. Okay, so so they get so if Luke dies oh. because they've always gotten away with it before. Yep. Up to this point for 15 seasons they've gotten away with it. Yep. This time they don't get away with it. They're going to have to I know. Right? It and kind of feels like someone has to get killed off. Finally. Yeah. And, and I love Luke, but but it makes more sense for it to be Luke. And he was he was behind Wavy. He was not just a couple of seconds behind her. No, he would no, he was like two seconds behind her, and that's enough. Like, yeah, and that's enough with this kind. She was already at the steps. Yeah, she was already at the steps. He was still inside the thing when it went off. So it's more likely that Luke's gonna get killed, and they are just screwing with us with all of the <laughs> JJ and Will stuff. Ugh. Well well, not not yeah, not really, but somebody's got to finally Deal with the fact that this going solo is it has finally got them. Yeah, like the way they operate is too reckless, and now it's gotten somebody killed. Yeah, yeah, that would be great if they did that. That would be fantastic. Uh, will well, they do that? We, I guess we'll we see. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I can't wait to find out, though. So, I I like you. Am very worried, but. I, I think it is. I think it is in character for them not to wait for backup. I think it is okay. in character for them to rush off. It's frustrating, but it's true to the show. Oh, it's true to the show, and it's stupid, and it was always stupid, <laughs> always and we've always stupid. called it out. Yep. But they've always gotten away with it, and when you get away with doing stupid things, you keep doing, you keep them. doing it. Yeah. And right? maybe the show's actually commenting on that. We don't know. We'll We're find, find out. out real soon. Ah. Well, the next episode is January the 12th. All right. And this is a conversation we're going to wait and see on, right? Um, we're not going to have like a full version of this conversation just yet. But I'm going to ask you, just first instinct, we'll have a final version of this when, we are, when we're, you know, ready to talk about the first half of the season. But I just want your first impressions. What do you think the best episode was this season, half season so far? It's it's actually tough to say, isn't it? Isn't it I, funny oh, that here. every other season we've been immediately able to say X, it was the best episode every other season. And then we would fight over what the worst episode was. <laughs> but this time, three is the worst episode because it's so muddled. I can yeah. say that right away. I can tell you what the worst episode was because it was so muddled. But I can't tell you what the best episode was. Now, okay. First run and we're going to have to watch this again over the next three weeks yeah totally okay the whole thing but i'm not just asking for your first impressions my first impression is that this is probably the best episode this is the type me too 100 i'm glad you said that 100 this i think is the best episode of the season so far and the reason one of the reasons i say that is yeah. because when it first starts 
when it first, I was shocked to find out he was involved with Sicarius yeah. and was backing Sicarius. Because when it first started, I thought, oh, don't tell me they're doing a side episode again. Just like last week. I know. Like last I time, felt the exact same the, thing. And we're getting Ben and Garcia. Yep. So the whole idea that he and Sicarius work hand in hand together yep. was, for me, a, a big shock, surprise. It a is. Surprise. No, I mean, and they got me. When he gets, yeah. when he's sitting in that cell, and I'm like, where's the episode going now? And he just says, by the way, I'm Sicarius. I'm like, well, I know you're not. What the hell is happening? They got you know me 100%. About, you know about Sicarius. Yep. We're like, so hell? consequently, yeah. So consequently to me, I was too. Yeah. Like, they what? But And this is the key part. Every other epi- uh, season, it's ha- have had their ups and downs, right? But like, the fact that this episode manages to be fully satisfying in the half that is the case of the week, fully satisfying in the half that is looking to Sicarius, and then manages in the last 15 minutes to perfectly tie those two halves together. Yeah, like, perfectly tie them. Perfectly tie them together. It's what makes this the best episode of the season so far. Yep. I, for sure. Yeah. I, there was, for all of the little crap that we're talking about in this. Yeah. It's this, the best episode so far. This is from beginning to end. It works. I mm-hmm. got, for the first time in my life, I have. <laughs> you got surprised by an episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah. Never happened before. Nope. Never have we been surprised by an episode of Criminal Minds before. Which is why, here, and this is the funny thing is, which is why I'm going, ah, the cliffhanger is, yeah, okay. (laughs) Because it was not the biggest jolt for me. Well, no, that wasn't the jolt. The jolt was that he is Sicarius. He's a part full partner in the organization. And he, yes, so Sicarius is this organization. Mm -hmm. And he and Voight. Yep. Like Voight showing up. I know. His mother's house was just like I just. What is happening? Yeah, the nine one one call. So for the first time in my life, you were surprised by an episode. I I felt exactly the same way. When Voight shows up in the house, you're like, "Oh my god, all bets are off. All bets are off. I have no idea what's going to happen next." Mm -mm. And you have never felt that watching Criminal Minds before. Never, never, Ever, ever, ever. Even though we already knew he was working, he knew about Sicarius working with him, I didn't think for a second that Voight was going to come walking down the stairs holding a gun. And he was going to kill his mother. Yeah. And that he was ready to like kill that. his mother. Wow. Yeah. Like, I thought Sicarius was going to shoot the mother. I know. That's I know. what I thought. Me too. No. Again, <laughs> I- I'll say it. They, they left it all in the field this week. Yep. Yeah, there's still I'm stuff thrilled. for us to quibble about, but they left it all on the field this week. The, like I tell you, this this to me, it's what I talk about. It's something special. Boy, that last 15 minutes was stunning. It's it's as good work as they've ever done. Yeah. Is that last 15 minutes of this episode. And it's some woman, the writing, like the main writer, yeah. the head writer for this episode was Jane Archer. Yeah. And Someone I have no idea. No, we'll have to look her up because she did a magnificent job. Yeah. Wait a minute. I've got it here. Oh, you got it I, here. Have, I had IMDB up anyway. So now let's go see what else she's done. Yeah. Um. Okay. Known criminal. Something called Simply Being. Never heard of it. No. Actually, she was on. 
She was on Criminal Minds oh. from 2014 to 2000. So she was in season 15. Which episode did she write? Well, I don't know. I'm going to 30 Click episodes. on her and find I out. I'm doing this. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, God. What are they doing here? <laughs> All right. So I while she was doing that. Correct. That's not correct. This oh. is a bizarre. Okay. So her biography. Let's go to her biography. Uh, but yeah, she did now, a fantastic job. Criminal. Oh, okay. It's known for criminal minds and simple being. Okay. Well. So I can't figure out if she's done anything else. Well, that she's is something. That is says, something we can look into during yeah. our month of thinking about these episodes and rewatching them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for right now, I am ready oh. to say that this is my favorite episode. And I want to point out, I say Moose was the worst episode. Okay. But. Fundamentally, there's still really good stuff in Moose. You still needed Moose. No, you don't just need Moose, but it's like all of the stuff they did with Sicarius and actually giving us a window into this guy was really interesting and really important. It was just kind of a messy episode that in a lot of ways felt formless. But you needed to do it. And unlike previously, we don't think we're, I almost don't want to call it the worst episode of the season. I almost just want to call it the least good episode of the season. You know, like, I don't want to say worst because even it was a, an important episode we needed to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, these episodes have been the best that Criminal Minds have been, you know, up with the best stuff they've ever done. All five episodes have been... Very interesting in one way or another to just flat out a wonderful episode of television, like here in episode five and the first two episodes of the season. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. Here's here's what I'm going to tell you about Jane Archer. She's been part of the production crew. Oh, for a while. She's, um, At least since season nine. Oh, okay. So she's got a long track record on the show. That's good to know. Yeah. She's got a long tra track record and it gets longer each year. Yeah, yeah. Production, staff, production staff, production staff, production okay. so staff. She and she was there for season fifteen. So okay, there you go. All right, but anyway, so just a just a banger of a script. Yeah, really good episode. Yeah. Congratulations on giving us our most satisfying cliffhanger like ever, ever on Criminal Minds. Yep. Because I want to point out when I saw everybody blow up in the uh, at the end of season three. And those car bombs when they were fighting terrorism, I didn't think any of them were going to get killed. And I was right. Yep. And uh, this but time, this time, I honestly can't tell you. No. I honestly and can't tell you what the hell is going to happen next. I put money on Luke dying. Yeah. But it's more likely, but it really, they have created a situation wherein all bets are off. Yeah, and it could be JJ because everything in JJ's life He's is finally so starting perfect. to go right. Yep. It's starting to go right, and They're that not will make let us that happen. And it's going to make us more miserable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, this show. All right. So, as you can imagine, we're going to be very excited for the next four weeks. Uh, so, join us back here every Thursday for more Wire in the Blood. But in addition to that, we will be back. Probably at the beginning of January, a week into January, with like a look back at these five episodes when we've had time to think about them and rewatch them and just talk about the themes and what they're doing and why these episodes have been so good and just how exceptional Criminal Minds has been this season. So, uh, yeah, it should be a blast and a half. Yep. 
Uh, but until then, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you were listening on some sort of an app or podcast, be sure to rate and review. That's how people find the show. Uh, we'll see you back here next week for some Wire in the Blood. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And until January. <laughs> Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.